in the pre-credit sequence of the 15th Bond movie, which is set on the Rock of Gibraltar, we get introduced to a new James Bond. When the camera zooms in on the dashing face of Timothy Dalton, the Bond producer, Albert R. Broccoli, had finally bagged himself the man he always wanted to replace Sean Connery. I'm Stephen Archibald and welcome to my movie podcast. Welcome to my podcast, They Came From Within, Cult Movie Reviews, Living On The Edge, The Living Daylights, 1987. The Roger Moore 007 era was now over, and even though his replacement, Timothy Dalton, would only play James Bond twice, he would do so in a couple of rather fine movies. Commencing with The Living Daylights and terminating with Licence to Kill in 1989. This Bond adventure offers up a great game of double and triple cross. Bond is given the task of helping the Russian general Georgi Koskov to defect to the West. Secret agents are being eliminated and a new head of the KGB, General Leonid Pushkin, is being blamed for reactivating their Schmidt Spionum policy, death to spies. But of course, it transpires that Koskov is the real villain of the piece. He is an embezzler with strong ties to an arms dealer called Brad Whitaker. Bond sets out to crack the case, with the assistance of Kofkov's girlfriend, the Czech cellist Kara Milovi. Kara was played by the striking British actress Mariam Darbo. Mariam was already familiar to us fantasy fans for her role in the 1982 British sci fi film Extro. She had auditioned unsuccessfully for a minor part in the previous Bond movie, A View to a Kill. This time, Mariam was awarded with the lead female role, and Mariam would play the last blonde female love interest in a Bond film until Lea Seydal's arrival in 2015 Spectre. Miss Darbo produced and presented the excellent documentary Bond Girls Are Forever, which was made in 2002 and updated in 2006. And she co-wrote the book of the same name with John Cork. Clearly a fan of the British agent, Cork was responsible for making over 30 of the documentaries which feature 
on the James Bond DVD and Blu-ray releases. Mariam was married to Hugh Hudson, the British director, whose works included Chariots of Fire and Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan. They were married for a little over 19 years, until his tragic passing in February this year at the age of 86. Cubby Broccoli had met with Pierce Brosnan around the time of the filming of For Your Eyes Only. Brosnan was all set to star in this movie, but he couldn't extricate himself from his Remington and Steel contract. The director John Glenn, Cubby's daughter Barbara, and his stepson Michael G. Wilson were all keen on the New Zealand actor Sam Neill replacing Roger Moore. At this time, the extremely talented Neil was best known for playing Damien Thorne in Omen 3, The Final Conflict. However, Cubby wasn't so keen. He also rejected MGM United Artists' suggestion of casting Mel Gibson on a two-film deal. After a series of further complications, Timothy Dalton was finally ready and able to play 007. An official announcement was made about his casting on the 7th of August, 1986. The 25-year-old Caroline Bliss was brought in to play M-Secretary, Miss Moneypenny, succeeding the marvellous Lois Maxwell. Caroline would play the part again in Licence to Kill. Funnily enough, she would get replaced by an actress called Samantha Bond. What's also ironic is that both women went to the same school. Caroline was in the year above Samantha's. Bond's CIA buddy, Felix Leiter, returned to the franchise for the first time in 14 years, having last been seen in Live and Let Die. This time he was played by the handsome American actor, John Terry, who isn't really given much screen time. It is said that both the Pet Shop Boys and Madonna were approached to perform the theme tune. The popular Norwegian trio Aha ended up being chosen. It's been widely documented that Aha did not get on well with the composer John Barry. Even so, they recorded a rather good theme tune together. Funnily enough, I think that a track called The Blood That Moves the Body on Aha's 1988 album Stay On These Roads sounds even more like a Bond tune than this one. Aha's ridiculously handsome frontman, Morton Harkett, was asked if he'd like to appear in this film in a villainous role. Morton declined, mostly on the grounds of having too many work commitments. To date, Aha's the only non-British or American recording act to perform a Bond theme tune. 
and in another musical first, The Living Daylights has our Haas Bomb song at the beginning, but it plays out with the pretenders if there was a man. So many Bond fans feel that the pre credit sequence in The Spy Who Loved Me is the best. Although it is similar, I believe the one in this movie is even better, where Bond has to parachute out of the back of a Land Rover as it plummets down the side of the Rock of Gibraltar. It is fabulous stuff. Even though some people were disappointed with certain alterations in Bond's screen persona, many now admit Dalton was ahead of his time. His is a James Bond who takes the job very seriously, who reacts realistically in any given situation, and who treats women with respect. Apart from 007's dalliance with a woman on a boat, at the start of the film, he only has a relationship with one woman in this film, and it is a grown-up one at that. More than Connery, Lazenby, Moore or Brosnan, it's Dalton's interpretation of James Bond that best matches Daniel Craig's. If you love Craig's work, you're likely to love Dalton's too. Having never managed to cast the brilliant Dutch actor Rutger Hauer in one of their movies, Cubby and Co did the next best thing by casting his fellow countryman Jeroen Crabbe, celebrated for starring in such Paul Verhoeven movies as Soldier of Orange, Spetters and The Fourth Man. Krabe plays Koskov, the corrupt Russian general, with a taste for the Western high life. His partner in crime, the demented Brad Whitaker, is played by the fine Texan actor Joe Don Baker, whose credits include Charlie Varick, Walking Tall, The Outfit, and the 1991 version of Cape Fear. Baker was also great in the BBC miniseries Edge of Darkness, which was directed by Martin Campbell, who would go on to direct GoldenEye and Casino Royale 2006. Interestingly enough, Joe would also appear in both GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies, but as a good guy CIA agent called Jack Wade. Filmed in several countries, including Morocco, Austria and Italy, The Living Daylights were shot between September 1986 and February 1987. It received its premiere at London's Odeon Leicester Square on the 29th of June 1987 and from a budget of 40 million it made 191.2 million dollars at the box office. With the living daylights the new era of the cinematic bond had truly arrived. I'm Stephen Archibald and thanks for listening to my podcast They Came From Within Cult Movie Reviews. All the best and bye-bye for now.